Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of the Hard Hitting Sports Podcast. If you're listening to the BBB podcast, uh, that's going to be Tondo, Jake, and James on the other side. Obviously, Hard Hitting Sports Podcast, me and Jack doing a joint episode. We're going to do a special mock draft edition tonight. So let's just go round table, introduce everyone. Let's start with Jack. Jack, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great. Celtics are the balls going to the NBA finals. Now with Chris Middleton injured. Yeah, Jake, I saw you raise your eyebrows there a little bit. Uh, full take there, but I'm doing great. Uh, looking forward to this mock draft and a uh, little bit of a twist on this mock draft. So I like it. I like what we're doing tonight. Sweet. Awesome. Tondo, what's up with you, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, no, happy to have on. Uh, thank you for having us on rather. Um, yeah. I mean, can't believe the NFL draft is already here. Uh, lot, lot to look at. I think this is one of the most diluted and not a strong draft whatsoever, but that just makes it more interesting because like there's teams up top that need a lot and there's not many quarterbacks for the teams that need. So excited to see how this pans out and looking forward to everyone's picks. 100% love to hear that. Zimmer, how you doing, buddy? Whoa, world. I'm uh, doing very well. I think to echo Tondo's points, it's like the, the offensive firepower just isn't there for me this year. I think defensively, there's going to be a lot of instant uh, impact players, which I think is interesting. So um, curious to see what we come up with tonight. And yeah, how I wonder how close our results are going to be to the actual draft. Um, if it's over under 50%, I'm going to put some faith in the boys. I'm going to take the over, maybe just by a little bit, but I'm going to take the over here. I I totally agree with that. And James, we'll kick it over to you in one second. But mm -hmm. I think just having a bunch of collective minds with different perspectives and different opinions, I think is actually going to make us a lot closer than I think any one of us would be on our own. So definitely going to be interesting. And then last but not least, Clubfoot Jim, James, Jimothy, how you doing, buddy? Howdy. We're doing good. The Mets just got into a benches clearing brawl. So I'm all fired up from that. You know, I'm ready to go. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That was with, um, that was an Arenado, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, JD Davis got hit. You know, his hands a little knocked up. So we threw it at Arenado's head and, uh, you know, like you're supposed to do. We're <laughs> the guy that went three for three, the first six innings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't add up. Baseball is so surprisingly violent, especially nowadays. Uh, it needs to be a little more. <laughs> Need a little bit more violence. But basically, for the listeners at home, what we did is we did a randomized draft order. And how it's going to work is that we're going to do a round-robin snake style where James has the first pick, Tondo has the second, Zimmer has the third, I have the fourth, and Jack has the fifth. And then it's going to snake and go back through the rotation. So it'll start with Jack for the next five picks and end with uh, uh, James with the last pick in that sequence of five. And then we're just going to rotate. Um, this gives everyone about six picks. And I believe Tondo and James have seven. So, yeah, I think we're good to kick it off. Now, James Jordan, Jordan, before we kick it off, though, so we're drafting as if we are that team. So, for yes. example, James has the first overall pick. He is picking as if he is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tondo, second pick, picking as if he is the Detroit Lions, and then so on and so forth. So yes. um, just wanted to clarify that as well. Yeah, and to for more clarification, you're not picking as one team or two teams the entire time. It's wherever your pick lands, you pick for that team. So everyone's clear on that? Yes, sir. Crystal. Fantastic. James, start us off. Who you got number one overall? All righty. Um, I've been mulling over this for a few days now. Uh, I think the two clear options are Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, if you want that immediate impact player, which I think Jacksonville needs, you go for Aiden Hutchinson here. But if I'm uh, bulky, I'm going with Trayvon Walker. I think he's the kind of guy you can mold into this franchise defensive end that you need. Um, he's raw, so it's going to take a couple years, but he seems like the best athlete, just the overall best player in this draft. Awesome. I, there's been a lot of speculation with him lately, um, and he's been shooting up draft boards. He was a mid-second rounder at the end of the season, and now it's he seems like the clear lock for number one, especially in the past week, now that more news has come out about it, and this total bulky move, like you said. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. Anyone else on Trayvon Walker? Agree, disagree? I like it. I think yeah. he's, his stock yeah. has risen significantly these past few weeks, which is good. I think he's 
He be- the Jags are such an interesting team. Um, they have good defensive, you know, young guys. And I think to add into, he can be a part of a really good defensive nucleus for Jacksonville if they make the right moves these next couple of years. Agree with that. Anyone else? I agree with everything that was just said. I think it's going to be interesting to see Hutchinson potentially in a Lions uniform um, as opposed to Jacksonville. Because I feel like all offseason, you know, we don't know who the number one pick has gonna or was going to be. Um, but I think ultimately it will be Trayvon Walker, kind of like to Jake's point. Um, you know, build that nucleus up. You have the offensive pieces. You have the offensive-minded coach. Now get going with that defense. Awesome. Tondo, Lions, number two, who you got? Yeah, I mean, the Lions are going to definitely be in that interesting spot because they're definitely waiting on whoever the Jaguars pick. I think it makes the most sense, Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan man. If you want, the Lions are at a point where they can go a few different routes. Uh, I don't think any quarterback is worth the number two pick in this draft. They could go offensive lineman, but they already got Panay Sewell last year. So it's like, do they really need to double down at the moment? Uh, defense is always a strong spot. So if Trayvon goes one, Aiden is number two. But it is funny how since the season ended, how many different guys have been tagged to one and two? Because, you know, at one point it was Kavon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. And now it's Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. So it's a total crapshoot, but I like Aiden at the two spot. Love to hear that. Anyone else disagree with Hutchinson at two? No disagreements. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, Michigan guy stays in Michigan narrative going on here. Um, I think that's, in the that's, seat. Yeah. that's what the Lions need. Asses in the seats. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good point. Very <laughs> good business perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Asses in the seats. That's a great way to put it. I personally think Hutchinson's the best defensive player, but I totally get why he would slide to the Lions and they're going to get an absolute stud in that defense. Zimmer, Texans. This is this is the part of the draft. It can go in any direction. One and two is almost locked in. The Texans, whatever they do, is going to shake up the rest. So, Zimmer, shake up our draft. Who do you got at number three? Oh, we're going to shake some shit up at pick three here, fellas. The big debate is that everybody's talking about is Sauce Gardner versus Derek Stingley as who's the first cornerback to go off the board with a team like Houston who needs absolutely everything. Like there's not a position that you look at and go, they don't need that. They need everything they can get. Um, that's, I don't care that uh, Davis Mills had a couple good games and apparently he's a quarterback of the future there. Um, Texans, if they are smart, I'm of the opinion they will go Derek Stingley here or should. And that's my pick here. Um, I get the injury concerns. I'm not buying him though. Uh, Stingley looked great in the combine. He had some really good numbers, turned in some good uh, 40 yard dashes. Would have went top 10 at minimum fellas before his injury. Um, You know, I I think he's one of those guys that he's quick. He's speedy. He matches up receivers. Well, immediate impact player uh, has the potential to have a long career in the NFL. Derek Stingley at number three. Love that pick. Anyone else, any feedback on that? That seems to where, yeah, it seems to be where he lands. But again, the Texans are another one where it's like they could bolster the offensive line. They could bolster, you know, the defensive line. I don't think the quarterback's the right play either. So Stingley is a, Stingley is a good, a good spot. Awesome. I think I'd be, oops, sorry. I was just sad. I'd be willing to bet my life savings that the Texans with this number three pick go defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they just yeah. need so much help everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't even know. And and really, no matter who they pick at three, it's a good choice. Stingley, Sauce, Kayvon, even I, – I don't personally like Jermaine Johnson, but a lot of NFL scouts do. Like, even him at three wouldn't be a bad decision. Or Kyle Hamilton, you know, there's a lot of ways they can go. Um, but that would shake it up. I got Jets at four. I've been hearing this name a lot. I don't think they need it, but it looks like they're going to get rid of Mekhi Becton due to injury concerns and not showing up to camp in shape last year, and they already want to move on. I think they go Iki Ekwonu, uh from uh, offensive tackle, one of the best in the draft. Charles Cross, Evan Neal, both great offensive tackles as well. Trevor Penning, another name up there. A little bit ag- more aggressive than anyone else in the draft, but Ikem's a huge body can run block really well, just needs to work on the pass block game. And an offense like the Jets that's looking to get younger, 
this is the guy you want on your team, regardless if you keep Beckton or not. You can play them on opposite sides of each other. I think that's where they go, just based on Joe Douglas absolutely loves him. Um, and yes, they have other needs like receiver, defensive back, um, possibly running back in other parts of the O-line, but they do have another pick and pick 10 for that exact reason. So any feedback on that? Any thoughts where else they could go with the number four pick? Uh, I, I just hope that the Jets, like, that it finally works out for them. And sorry, I should have let the Jets fans speak first, Jim. So, so go for sorry. it. <laughs> yeah, as the, uh, as, as the resident Jets fan, um, I would I, – I mean, I'd be over the moon with Icky here. I would love Kayvon here. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not in the belief that Becton is necessarily on the way out. I think, um, you know, Joe Douglas, this, this was his first ever pick, Joe Douglas. So he's going to see it through with um, Makai Becton, at least in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, having a franchise left tackle and Icky eventually go and play right tackle, I mean – you know, that's a, that's an offensive line. That's good for the next 10 plus years. And that's fantastic. Love that. Anyone else? Maybe sauce Gardner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's been tied there. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, his name has been also thrown out, but again, they have the 10th pick. So I think whoever, you know, still kind of falls back because we're getting to that interesting point of, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, you know, what they do with those picks, do they trade out of it? Some one of those guys probably will land in their lap. All gas, no breaks, baby. Jack, round out the first five picks for us. Who do you got going to the Giants? So this is a tough one. Giants, again, with the seventh pick could go in a lot of directions. This could definitely be a pick that they trade back. They could trade that seven pick. I mean, obviously they can keep both picks. I really do see one of these picks getting moved ultimately. Um, but you took my guy Icky at four. So I'm going to have to go with my next option, which I have for them, which I've seen him sliding down draft boards, but I'm going to have to go with Evan Neal, who we said, who was at the top earlier this year. Um, you know, been playing against sec competition for the last three years, ultimately blocking for guys like Najee Harris. Um, you know, been going up against guys like Jordan Davis, who we're probably going to talk about later in this episode. So, um, I think the Giants go in the offensive line direction, especially if they do keep both picks. I don't know what you got at seven, Jordan, and we'll get to that soon. But, um, you know, could build up both the offense and defense with, you know, two of the top seven picks in this year's draft. Yeah, I, I personally think Evan Neal's a top two player in the draft. Sorry, my cow is going off in the background. Cattle. Um, <laughs> no, Evan, Evan Neal is the most complete pass blocker, run blocker in this draft. And the Giants getting him at five is an absolute steal. Yeah, I, I yeah. second that for sure. Mm-hmm. Tondo is happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be mad with any of the offensive line picked. I have Evan Neal as one. Everyone's very bullish on Charles Cross. Um, I mean, again, we would be happy with him too. But if Evan Neal is there, it's like he offers the the protection for Daniel Jones because he let one sack up the entire season last year, single digit in his career. And then he also helps the run game, which Saquon desperately needs to in order to be productive like he was his first two years in the league before his injury. So I think Evan Neal is the smartest pick there. But it is interesting how you say, like, you know, if they'll move out of any of the picks, I hope they don't. But financially, it makes sense. And everyone, all the analysts are saying that, like, oh, this is the deepest third, fourth and fifth round draft, which the Giants don't have necessarily a ton of picks in. So I get it. I hope they don't because it's like get the best get the best people on the board and don't miss out on like a Micah Parsons like he did last year. Definitely. Totally agree with that. Anyone else? Awesome. Jack, let's get back to you. Panthers at six. So Panthers, I guess there's really only two directions I feel like they could go in. It's either you jump up and you get a quarterback here, which it seems to be Malik Willis potentially, or you also beef up that offensive line. A lot of people forget the Panthers let up the fourth most sacks last year in football. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, so I think personally, they are going to go offensive line. This is interesting. we got three O-linemen in a row, but it is a pretty deep O-line class here, especially at the top. So I have them going Charles Cross. He's probably, other than maybe Evan Neal, he's probably the best pass protector um, in this entire draft. Um, obviously from Mississippi State, again, going against that uh, top SEC competition day in and day out um, through them. Um, 
biggest thing is just his athleticism. He's going to have to have to work on that. I know his combine wasn't the best, so he is going to have to improve upon that. But I think just in the pass protection game, he's going to be a huge asset to that team and protect, you know, maybe they bring in Baker Mayfield or, or someone along those lines. So he can protect that, um, protect that cornerstone for the Panthers. Awesome. Anyone else? Anyone think they can go Malik Willis here or Kenny Pickett? I see a possibility, but the, the more I'm listening around and hearing the, the draft experts saying what they're saying, it seems like the run on quarterbacks, if there is one, it's not happening until much, much later in the first round. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't – can you pick Willis at pick six here? Uh, I, something tells me they shouldn't do that, especially when you've got Baker Mayfield on the table, trade talks are heating up, right? I, I just don't know what's going to come out of Carolina. I don't think they can pick a quarterback at six here. See, I don't think they even entertain Baker Mayfield. I think they'll wait for next year's draft, give Sam Darnold the last go around. They've, they've already had to trade once. I don't think they're going to do it again. Yeah. You still I, have I Tom Brady. Jeez, I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of with you there. It's like, I don't know why they're looking for a QB because they should just make it work, especially given their troubles these past couple of years. Um, sure as shit is not Cam Newton. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm of the belief Carson Palmer is and will be the only USC quarterback to ever succeed in the NFL. And Matt Castle, Matt Castle, Matt <laughs> Castle, his backup. Two good seasons. Get out of hey, here. Seventh round pick better than Mark Sanchez. All right, Mark Sanchez was in back-to-back AFC Championships game. That is that is true. I'm not going to deny that, but <laughs> Matt Castle still had a very solid – I'd say he had a solid yeah. NFL career for where yeah. he was drafted. For a seventh-round pick, yeah, that's valid. So, with the Giants, Tondo, I, at number seven, you can't go any other way here. You got to go Kayvon Thibodeau. You have to. You Back have to. slides out of the top five in most mock drafts I've seen and in our mock draft is absolutely insane. Kayvon is an absolute game breaker. Um, he does have some technical things to work on in terms of uh, pass rush moves and not sticking with the bull rush and long arm all the time. He needs to add a rip. He needs to add a ghost move. But with the skill he has right now and the size he has and his athleticism, he is the clear-cut prototypical edge rusher you want in this class. Pair him up with the Zizio, uh Ojulari on the other side, and that's a nasty edge rushing tandem that you're going to have in New York, you beef up the O-line, and now you beef up the D-line. Kayvon's an absolute steal here. He's a 10-sack minimum guy. Um, I think that, and it goes back to Jack's point, if, like, they trade out of seven, I think they only trade out of seven if Kayvon's off the board. Mm-hmm. If they know, like, the Panthers are not going to grab him and no one's trading up to six to grab Kayvon. I truly think that. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think Kayvon, if if he's there, that's the pick. And I agree with you. If he's not, trade out. No reason to keep that seven pick. Beef up for this year or later in this draft. So, Anyone else? I think you're spot on with that. Zimmer, Falcons, who do you got at eight? Oh, baby. The Falcons. Where do we start with them, too? That's a, a team that's without a quarterback for the first time since 2007. Um, or without a clear cut starter anyway, there's a lot of things they can do and should do. I think defense is definitely a need, right? You could go Jermaine Johnson, uh, here who won the ACC defensive player of the year, but gentlemen, unless Calvin Ridley's walking through the door, they need receiving help. And he is not walking through that door in 2022 after he's serving a suspension. I think it was sports betting. He got, he got nailed for, um, not good. So here's what they're going to do. They need a guy that can make big plays and be the cornerstone of whatever quarterback they're going to go with, whether it's Marcus Mariota or somebody else. And I think Drake London from USC is going to be the guy to do it. I say he goes first. Now, this is a very interesting wide receiver class. I don't know that it stacks up talent-wise the way it has in previous years, but Drake London's a big dude. I think I had him at 6'4". Is that right? Yeah, he's 6'4", 220. Big old target. Um, I'm telling you guys, people are real bullish on him, and I think London's the first guy that goes off the board in the wide receiver column. That's where I see the Falcons going here. Interesting. I, I think they can go either way for receiver, but Drake London's a super interesting pick. 
Um, he did play a lot in slot, and he's a very big body. He, he's basically six foot four Cooper Cup, if you could picture that. Um, right. I just think he's so speedy. He's uh, whatever quarterback they're going to get in there is going to have an easier time if Drake London's a part of this offense. I think he is the guy on this wide receiving group. Out of all of these, uh, you know, six guys we've got listed, or seven guys you've got listed there, I think he makes the most impact on day one. Interesting. Love to hear that. Anyone agree, oppose? I think it makes sense that the voice of Bryant men's basketball has the former college basketball player as the first wide receiver taken off the board. I would just like to say that. Drake London did Jack, play I'm two just, games. Uh... At USC. I'm just waiting until you pick Peter Kiss. For the next <laughs> why, why you gotta Why you gotta ruin the surprise? Why you gotta ruin the surprise? I gotta try to ruin the Bills franchise somehow. Peter Kiss would give them that that attitude that the Buffalo Bills, you know, fit right into the culture there. But uh, I don't know about his playing ability, at least in Buffalo. Awesome. Anyone else? Tondo Seahawks number nine. This is the wild card of the first round. So. Go in any direction, they'll they probably will trade back. But at number nine, there's a lot of options they could go with. They have a lot of needs. Yeah, I was just looking at the depth chart right now. I mean, I don't think they take Malik Willis. I to be honest, I don't think Malik Willis is in the next two years. Or sorry, I think in the next two years, he's gonna be still as comparable as Drew Locke. Like I don't, I really don't think that's their guy. I might be wrong, I might be right, who knows? But there's a name out there that hasn't been taken yet. And it's sauce Gardner. I mean, mm. the fact that he's been a top five pick in everyone's mock drafts. And it's just like, not that anybody's picks are wrong. It's just like, you know, if Derek Stingley's one and everyone else is going O-line or, and Kavon Thibodeau falls that fall, it's like, Ahmad Gardner needs to be in the top 10. So sorry to Jim and the jets, but I think the Seahawks have to go there. If it's not him, it's Jermaine Johnson from Florida state. So it's really kind of dependent on, you know, which defensive position they'd rather upgrade. I think the secondary, because it's like Jamal Adams has not been their guy. Granted, he's a safety linebacker hybrid. Bolster up the secondary while you can. I totally see them going sauce there if he's available. That's just a smarter pick. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with that pick whatsoever. I think if he's there, they got to take him. So anyone else on the Seahawks? That, that, I feel like that'd be a very Seahawks pick, bolstering that secondary, getting back to the Legion of Boom era. Um, start, you know, he could be the next. Uh, um, why am I blanking on his name? Richard Sherman, for the next uh, however many years. Hopefully, it doesn't end the way Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, on, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, if Sauce is there, it's right on. You got to take Sauce if he's available to you in the nine hole. Very similar to years past where, you know, you've got two clear cut and now I'm, I can't even remember a single year where they, you know, there were two guys sort of like, all right, which one goes first. Then you got to wait a bunch before people pick their offensive linemen and before they pick their edge rushers. Um, this is, this is very interesting here. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Jim. All right. Jets. Pick 10. Uh, having gone offensive tackle first, I think we could go either. Uh, wide receiver defensive end here. Um, I think this is a deeper defensive end class than previous years. And ever since I want to say 2014, every wide receiver class has been stacked. So I guess I'm still going to go wide receiver here though. And with Drake London off the board, I think Garrett Wilson fits the bill here for the jets. Um, he's got four, four, three, eight speed, which was something I don't think anybody really saw coming out of Garrett Wilson. Uh, he's an excellent route runner. He is great after the catch. And like I said, he has a sneaky speed. I think he's a great compliment to Elijah Moore, who is going to transition more to the slot. And he's going to end up being the X guy we need. Nothing wrong with that pick there. Anyone else? James, as a Jets fan, you think they trade that pick for Debo at all? Is that still in the works? Or? Um, I mean, it sounds like it is next to impossible coming out of the San Francisco's front office. Like, why would you? You have so much control left on Debo's contract, but I would do that in heartbeat, personally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agree with that. I would, too. I hope they don't, just as a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to have to guard Debo twice a year, but. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I like the Garrett Wilson pick. I I don't see James. Personally, I don't think Jameson Williams is going to drop out of the top 10, 
but Garrett Wilson is a fine is a fine replacement for that pick anyways. So, well, who knows? Maybe the Commanders go receiver. You got that pick too. What do you yes. have? Yes. Uh, spoiler, uh, I am going for a receiver here as well. Um, I think, yeah, this is going to start kind of – Drake London started the run now on wide receivers. Um, we know there's like five in the first round that are pretty – pretty popular and pretty, you know, set at their, you know, their locks for first round picks. But I think I'm going to surprise people here. And I'm going to go Chris Olave back to back Ohio state wide receivers. Wow. It is rumored that the commanders like Chris Olave a lot. There's that Ohio state connection there with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Um, again, he's got four, three speed. Uh, he's beautiful after the catch. And I mean, you know, I think he's just a great fit in there. Don't disagree with that at all. Chris, a lot, again, another four, three guy, like you were just saying, Ohio state receivers tend to do really well in the NFL. Um, so having to go back to back is I'd be completely fine there. Anyone else? Yeah. There's talk that I, I was looking at uh, this is according to Philly voice. They did their own mock draft and they had Olave going 12 to the Vikings actually, which wow. I thought was interesting too. They said, you know, um, they're, they're talking about Kevin O'Connell and just his prowess in the Rams offense and things like that, which I agree. I'm, I don't know if he goes here, how, how well he immediately gels. I think probably pairs well with uh, Terry McLaurin, who's running most of the deep routes, but we'll see. I mean, this, I, I think he could have some success in Washington. That Minnesota pick would make sense too, with the aging of Adam Thielen. He's kind of getting towards the past his prime age. So right. they need a little revitalization in the in the wide Absolutely. area for sure. Yeah. Let's see if they do that with Tondo's pick at 12. Tondo, who do the Vikings take here? Yeah, I mean, not only is Adam Thielen aging, um, their whole team's kind of aging. I mean, in their safety position, is that who is their safety right now? It's um Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods, I want to say. Yeah, so both on the older side. And then on the edge position, you also have um, – why am I drawing on the blanks? Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith, who both, I believe, missed like 26 games last year combined. So I'm at the point where it's like best man available on the board. I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson here, the edge from Florida. Minnesota man, another guy, ass in the seats, re reunites at home. Um, but I really think they could go one of three ways, either there, Kyle Hamilton hasn't been said yet. He's a safety linebacker position who I think is, uh, you know, pretty versatile. And then any of the receivers truly. So, but I'll take Johnson in this pick. Super interesting pick there. I love to see that. Um, I, I agree with the, with the pick because Zadarius and Daniil both have had their injury struggles and Zadarius is getting up there in age. I believe he'll be 30 this upcoming season and Daniil's not getting any younger. So I think as a third sub option who could play inside or outside is really solid there. Um, does anyone think the Vikings can go in another direction or do you think edge is the way to go based on the board? They'll probably take an edge or if they don't go with an edge, which I love the Jermaine Johnson pick here uh, for them. I think, you know, again, I'm, I keep talking about guys who can make an immediate impact. He probably starts, uh, you know, game one and gets most of the sets. Um, I could see them going wide receiver, of course, as we mentioned, but, you know, I think that's the way to go for uh, the guys in Minnesota here. I think if Kyle Hamilton's here too, they have to at least consider him. I know that was a guy we were talking about as a top four pick, maybe to the Jets or Texans just about a month or so ago. So I think they definitely got to consider that too. But I think if Jermaine Johnson's there, you got to take him. He's the best player available, like Tondo said. Yeah, I could definitely see Hamilton there. Uh, Minnesota definitely has their history of drafting defensive backs in the first round, whether or not that works out. But, yeah, that makes total sense. They were, but he got a 13. Texans yeah, there, needs. there's no secret. Texas or uh, uh, Houston, a bunch of needs again. I think they're going defense again here, which is Kyle Hamilton, oddly enough, right? Um, already have him with the guy in the secondary uh, earlier in the draft, but I, I still think they need a bunch of defensive help, guys, and – you know, when you look at the most athletic guys on the board across the entire draft, I think Hamilton's probably top two and he ain't two, as Will likes to say on our show. Um, you know, incredibly versatile. Uh, you know, he's the, this guy is the perfect modern safety, right? He is quick, he's good in coverage, and he can tackle the, living shit out of guys so 
Kyle Hamilton's my pick here. Um, most athletic player in the draft goes to Houston. Love that. I'm, and he's massive too. 6'4", 220. That's not normal safety size. Um, and I think it's a perfect fit with the Texans, especially with Derek Stingley also helping out in that uh, secondary. So if he falls at 13, it's a steal regardless. So, anyone else? No, I think he's, I think he's a great guy. He can play a lot of sets. He could even line up as like your nickel probably at some points. Um, very similar to a, a Patriot that I like Kyle Duggar, definitely not the same talent level. Kyle Duggar was a D2 player, but um, you know, a little bit of an oversized safety with some speed can line up with tight ends as well and, and really be physical with them on the line. My one knock on Kyle Hamilton was his 40 to my knowledge was a little underwhelming. I think it was somewhere in like the high four fives or low four sixes. Um, but I mean, any player that you can have play essentially anywhere um, in the secondary or even linebacker is just rare and something that you need to take advantage of. Kyle Hamilton to the Texans, solid pick. I'm up next with the Ravens. They can go receiver. They can go corner. They can go anyone on defense, really. I'm going to go with probably the largest mammoth that has been in the draft for ye- uh, in recent years, Jordan Davis. Uh, he's a game record. They need inside help. Derek Wolf is non-existent in that defense. Calais Campbell's probably going to retire next year. Michael Pierce had a down year with the Vikings, and Justin Matabike is too young and too inexperienced. They get help on the inside. Um, Mike McDonald is bringing in a brand-new defensive regime, kind of similar to the Ravens since he was the linebackers coach a couple years back with them. So I think having someone like Jordan Davis who's fast enough where you could put him on a tackle, but also big enough to clog holes in the middle as a zero tech on the center, it's just it, he's going to be an absolute game record for them. Um, obviously, they could go receiver here with some more bigger names up there, but I think their bigger need is on the defensive side. And I think Jordan Davis is perfect there. I love that. I mean, it's not every day you get to draft a 6'6", 340 dude. I mean, that's like... You know, he was on my list looking down for the Eagles at one point, but I'm amazed. Uh, you're, I should say I'm not surprised that he got snatched up beforehand. Um, that He's going to be special. Um, mm-hmm. I also could have seen him fitting in well with the Packers. Maybe that's for uh, later down the road, but you look at guys like B.J. Raji and stuff who just absolutely clogged up the center, and he just would look good in, you know, in a Packer uniform. So our fantasies will not come true sadly because he'll get <laughs> long snatched up before then. Yeah. He's um absolute stud. So the Ravens are going to absolutely love having him there. Anyone else think Ravens can go in another direction with that pick? No, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. Jack back-to-back picks Eagles 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 that first pick you actually took Jordan Davis for me that was going to be my pick. Um, and then Chris Olave went early to the commander. So that was my second choice. So I had my third option here, which I'm surprised he's actually still on the board. Uh, going to go third year in a row Eagles draft a wide receiver, Jordan, you guessed it. Jameson Williams. Um, I think he fits in well with the Eagles. Everyone also forgets he plays special teams. He was the co-special teams player of the year in the sec. So, uh, Eagles have had luck with that with, um, Oh, what was that guy's name? Deshaun Jackson, I believe. Um, you know, he had a great career uh, in Philadelphia. I think Jameis Willie or Jamison Williams will line up really well um, with his former Alabama connections in Jalen Hurts and then obviously Devontae Smith. Um, he's definitely similar in, to Smith in some ways. I know the injury history, obviously, and then a lot of people comparing him and just calling him lanky and skinny and is he's not aggressive enough. So um, I think similar to Smith, I think Smith had a solid rookie season. We'll see how he grows in that second year. And I think getting Williams uh, will just make up for that pick a few years ago of uh, Jalen Rager in the first round. Definitely. Anyone else thoughts on that? Well, hopefully it's the right pick for the Eagles because I feel like every time they draft a wide receiver, it's the wrong one. So, <laughs> yeah. Boy, they went away from Justin Jefferson, and it was one the year before, I believe. So, yeah, fingers crossed for the the Bird Gang. Agree with that. Yeah, I think Jameson's the right pick there um, if he's available. He, it's Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. If they had a love child, it's Jameson Williams. Um, yeah. So I think he, he's got the route running 
uh, prowess. He's got incredible speed, great hands, great catch radius. It, he's the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion, even over George Pickens, who I've been harping about all offseason long. But, um, yeah, that's that. Jack with the Saints. Who do you got them taking? Saints, again, a couple directions they could go in. I think Jameis uh... – I was about to say Jamison Williams, but Jameis Winston is the guy there, at least for this year and hopefully next year for his sake. So I have them going offensive line as well, offensive tackle. Uh, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, I think he'd be a great fit there. Um, they need help play, uh, replacing Taron Armstead, um, you know, and with that rugged um, offensive line, I think uh, Penning fits in really well too with that Saints kind of, that old school Saints style. I know Sean Payton retired, but He's really one of those ground and pound guys can open up holes for Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, um, and be, you know, an asset in the passing in the pass protection game as well. So um, especially with just the amount of O-linemen in this draft that we've done off the board, I think the saints aren't going to pass up on that. I don't think they're going to jump to a quarterback either the way, the way that we've shaped up this draft. Anyone thoughts on Trevor Penning overall as an athlete or the pick itself? And that's interesting that he – there's a lot of O-line talent this year, which, you know, there's some that have Penning going in the second round. Some have him going as high as 15. I don't know. I think – I don't really know what the right direction is as far as O-line goes. Um, this is a notable pass on Tyler Linderbaum, who is a center. They would have to move some things around, but just something to keep in the in the pocket here. You know, we'll have to see – where it is that Linderbaum goes um, best center in the draft by far. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's also something to be said about having to take a guy out of his natural position, make him play somewhere else. And they just re recently drafted uh, Ruiz, who I believe is a natural center as well. So, but you never heard with any O-line pick because you just need the depth. Exactly. And there's a lot of times where guys move positions. One of the guys I have on my board up here is Tyler Smith. I have an asterisk next to him. He played O-tackle in college, will most likely move inside to guard. Um, they could go with him. He's an incredible run blocker, just needs help on the pass side. But Trevor Penning, I think everyone, if he's available at 16, I think every mock draft has the Saints taking him at 16. They need left tackle. He has the aggressiveness, just needs to work on a couple of mechanical things. Um, and once he works on that, you know, he could be – arguably the best tackle in this draft once he works on that mechanical stuff and that technical side. So we'll see how it pans out for him, but I think that's a great pick. Uh, number 16, Jack, right there. Number 17, Chargers. All the guys that I would have picked for the Chargers by now are gone except for one guy. I'm going to go Traylon Burks. Absolutely. I don't know how he ran a 4-5-40. When you look on the tape, he burns past defenses. There's a clip from Alabama. He runs away from half the DBs when they're about a yard or two ahead of him and they're ready to close on him. He's a big body receiver. It's like DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel had a love child. This is what Traylon Burks is. Just can gun downfield, but also can take jet sweeps to the house. And he's big enough to play in the backfield. That's like Debo, like 5'11", 205. Like, yeah, he, he did well in the backfield. Traylon's someone you could actually plug in the backfield and he could completely change your offense, especially in a running attack. And with the Chargers, with Austin Eckler as the main guy out of the backfield, I think they're going to want a second option and Traylon Burks could be that guy. So I have them going there, especially with Keenan Allen getting up there in age. And then you have Mike Williams, who they did just ink for a big deal. He's really only had big two seasons since he signed there uh, or got drafted by them five years ago. Any, I, I will I'll take it to the grave. I mean, anybody in the SEC, um, any wide receiver that has like, you know, a good chunk of the share in the SEC is a, an excellent pick. That's uh, uh, just maybe a bias of mine, but that's, uh, that's, that's an excellent take from the Chargers right there. And not like they needed more offensive power, but they've they've got it. So fuck it, why not? And they beefed up on defensive free agency. So really, what's what's the point of going defense at this point? They're gonna be. I a feel scary like I've been seeing. Team. I feel like I've been seeing since the beginning of these 2022 mock drafts the uh, the Jordan Davis to the Chargers marriage kind of um, in everybody's you know prediction. So it'll be interesting to see if Jordan Davis does go higher where they where they decide to go because they do seem like a pretty complete team. Maybe a little more help on the offensive line. Uh, 
and obviously adding another offensive weapon won't is, is not a bad thing. I mean, they're going all in and it's cool to see. So maybe, maybe offensive lines is not the wrong way to go there too, just to protect Herbert and give him the protection he needs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can see them going that route too, but you know, just to add another wide receiver into the mix, why not? Burks I, is, uh, is an excellent take there. I think with the board, the way it is currently, as we have it mocked out, I would not take an offensive lineman uh, with number 17 here, just because I think there's a big gap between the top guards and the top tackles, but that's a good point. Yeah. You never know. Obviously. Uh, I mean, we, we'd like to think we'd be hundred percent accurate, but you know, most likely not. Um, so something could fall. Hopefully something does fall for them, but it, obviously, like you said, in this case, I think Traylon's the fine pick there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Zimmer Eagles, who you got? So Jack takes a wide receiver in Williams just a couple of picks ago. So they get the receiver in the first one. And now they get somebody to go, you know, uh, opposite side of the field is Darius Slay. Um, I'm going with Andrew Booth from Clemson here uh, at the the number two cornerback for for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, Booth is is a guy that you sort of gravitate to for his energy, right? He's competitive. He's, uh, you know, he, he motivated his teammates a bunch at Clemson. He was, I think, um, he might have been a defensive captain at Clemson this year, but still it's like, you know, people are gravitating towards him because of, uh, because of it. Uh, he had three picks last year. I think he would fit in very well in Philadelphia who responds well to positive energy. Um, so I, I will take Booth for Clemson or uh, from Clemson for the Eagles here. Anyone thoughts on Andrew Booth? My favorite thing about Andrew Booth is when you look at his profile on NFL.com for his draft profile, they compare him to Jackrabbit Jenkins. So I love that. <laughs> love it. The little Janoris Jenkins comparison. Love to see that. Anyone else thoughts on Andrew Booth? I think, I, th- I think it would be a great pick, though. If, if they do go offense first um, with that 15th overall pick, they do need to beef up the defense a little bit. We're exposed in that wild card, the beginning of that wild card game, at least against um, against the Bucks. So um, especially with Dak and all the weapons that they have in Dallas, I think that would be huge um, for them to beef up that defense. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, for the, if the Eagles finish this round with a wide receiver like Williams and a cornerback like Booth, I mean, that's a – I think that's an A or A minus first round, or maybe even an A plus, depending on how they pan out this year. The one thing I'll say about Booth, there's probably three guys that are going to go in the first round or like our clear first round picks that I'm not sold on yet. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's one of them. Trevor Penning's number two. Andrew Booth is the third. I think out of all them, Andrew Booth is the one who I think could end up surprising me out of all three um, and end up being actually really good and arguably could be one of the best corners out of this draft. When I watch him, I think you benefit more in a slot slash strong safety, free safety type role. Um, but again, that's that's based on, you know, where he's making plays. Obviously, he makes an impact when guys aren't throwing his way, and that's what a strong suit is. But when he's getting thrown at, you know, that's I see him more as a safety type player rather than a corner. So hopefully he proves me wrong. I think the Eagles going booth here is a really solid pick. So... Anyone else? Tondo, back to the Saints. Surprised Willis fell this far. I'm not going to take him here. Um, If no one's them this high up, I don't think the Saints will as Saints will either. My mind wants me to take Kenny Pickett's, but my brain—I mean, my heart's going to tell me to go with the Tulsa O line and uh, Smith. Might as well go back to back, bolster up the offensive lineman, protect Jameis and Win- uh, Jameis Winston because he clearly it sucks his injury, but if he can stay healthy, he can still sling the ball. So I'm going to say bolster off your offensive lineman and go there. But I would have loved to take Pickens there. Tyler Smith, back to back on line. That's super interesting. Do you think they'll bump him inside the guard? Obviously, now that they have Penning at left tackle. Probably, probably. I think even if it's just a depth piece, because I'm not too familiar with the rest of their line looks like. Um, so you never know. I don't th- yeah, I, don't I mean, think I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Lobby, is it just, just Starmstead that's there? I don't even know. 
they have they have Andrews Pete at left guard, and then like you said, they have Ruiz at center. So I think yeah. right guard is where they would end up playing him. Um, and I think Tyler Smith would be fine either at left or right guard, just based on he, he, great run blocker, so you can put him in either spot. So I think it's solid either way. I like that. If you want to build long term in New Orleans, I think that's a decent strategy of you know uh, your quarterback will come again. It's probably not going to be this year, but. It'll come eventually uh, surround with the guys that'll be there for a while protecting uh, protecting the play caller. I don't hate it. For sure. I mean, we see teams double dip often, um, especially not – or I was going to say, we haven't really seen it with two first-round picks, but, I mean, the Ravens did it with Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews in the third round. Look how that worked out for them. Um, this could be a situation where double-dipping O-line in the first and a skinny – top end offensive line draft like that's really solid there they could end up making some big pieces there and then that's going to mess up a couple of drafts later on for a couple of teams with later picks yeah awesome james steelers i think this one is one of the most debated where they go in terms mm-hmm. of late round picks but who do you have here yeah so i uh, told you guys already i'm a big fan of the uh the narrative of the hometown college guy staying in that insane in the area playing for the same city. So um, Tondo, thank you for not taking Kenny Pickett and I'm going to go Kenny Pickett here. Um, first QB off the board. first QB off the board. I think Kenny Pickett, I mean, we're very, uh, a lot of people are saying, and I think it's true. He's a high floor kind of guy. He's a plug and play first day starter. Um, the Steelers, I think were, they were a pretty competitive team last year with a human traffic cone for a quarterback. I think if you get a guy who's younger, has played in the elements of Pittsburgh, um, they're, they're right back in the mix again for AFC champion, Super Bowl contender. Love that. Did you say, do you call Big Ben a human traffic cone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a liability out there. And with no remorse, too. Look at <laughs> straight you. Face, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Just set it straight up. Love it. Oh. Zimmer, what do you think of that pick, buddy? Yeah, you know, I actually really do like it. I, I think Pickett's a guy – hey, they're talking about his hand size on the Barstool platforms, and he's got big hands, so that, that could translate well. Um, now, in all seriousness, I think uh, – I think this is a guy that has a really good frame. Um, he's mobile, and you can, you can build around him. Who wouldn't want to play next to Kenny Pickett? Who wouldn't want to get balls from Kenny Pickett? I know I would. But I won't sniff Heinz Field <laughs> unless I'm a few rows back having a few beers. Um, I'm pretty pumped for what this can lead to to the Steelers franchise. I always said he would look good in Steeler black. Hmm. And we're going to find out. He has to make up for his unfortunate last name for a quarterback, however. That is his one knock. I, think, I, See, think I actually think it works. Yeah? I think Pickett I- works. Right. I, I understand the the innate irony <laughs> yeah. of it all, but yeah, I just think his his swagger, like to pull out a fake slide in a championship game, I think it's just so savage. It's he's like he got the picket rule now. There's yeah. the picket rule in college football. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's kind of sick. Like having a like imagine the law bay rule. That'd be <laughs> the sick. Law <Lobby> rule. <laughs> That'd be They're gonna have cool. the Ben Simmons rule in basketball pretty soon. Well, Ben Simmons sucks, Jack. Thank so. you. <laughs> Obviously. But I'm just yeah. saying, not every not every rule is after someone who's good. That's very true. Is That's there true. a long snapping rule that we can name it the Lave rule or what? <laughs> uh, I mean, you can't hit the snapper anymore, but that's... You can't jump over the snapper. You can't well, yeah. that'd that'd be a great one. We'll have, have to brainstorm on that one. We yeah. can uh, we can Yeah, we'll, we'll come back. We'll get the stick it the sticky notes out. We'll have I a, uh, we'll have the, a uh, the stick it. The Kenny stick it. Can you stick it? We'll have a 32 pick first round of just ideas for perfect after Jordan. (laughs) Yes, snake draft. I love it. Speaking of snake, James, snakes back to you. Who do you have the pats taking? You might make Jack upset here, depending on who you think. Yeah. So every year there's just, you know, there's a guy out there, and you're like, that guy's a patriot. You saw Mac Jones last year, just in and out, you're like, okay, that guy's a Patriot. Um, this year for me, that is Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, I think there's a, there's kind of a glaring hole now at corner because of the uh, J.C. Jackson heading over to Los Angeles. Uh, Trent McDuffie, uh, he's got 4-4 speed. 
Uh, he's, you know, good, great in coverage. He's good run support. I just think he's a great Patriot. I think he's a, he's a great player. Uh, one of the top three or four corners. And, you know, I would not like to uh, play against him twice a year, but unfortunately, you know, the Patriots would love to have him, I think. We can match up with, uh, with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I think that we definitely need secondary help. Um, if not, I've seen Devin Lloyd in a few mock drafts as well. Cause obviously Dante Hightower aging, um, you know, and we haven't had the best luck at linebacker as of late trading trade. I know Chase Winovich is more of an outside linebacker, but still, um, so either way, I think defense really, we, I don't want to say we can't lose cause I don't want to jinx ourselves, but I think we're going defense, um, with this pick. And I like, I like Trent McDuffie here. Yeah, I like McDuffie a lot. I would have liked to see them take Lloyd, and I kind of secretly hope they do. He's just like such a Belichick guy. Um, very athletic, very quick, very agile. He actually had four picks as a as big of a linebacker as he was, too. So I think he just gels with Belichick's system a bit better, but there's that element of, like, you look at McDuffie and you're like, oh, shit, like, he's a Patriot, definitely. So I, I see them taking – I see them going either of those two ways here. I mean, they definitely need to address the secondary before the linebacking core. But again, you have, you're also banking on um, Hightower to be as effective, which he wasn't well, that's, as. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't, I'm not necessarily married to them addressing the secondary first because they're going to need to address. It's like one or the other with the Patriots every single year. You go through this vicious cycle of, oh shit, the secondary's on this year, but Chase Winovich sucks and there's no edge rusher. So what do you do? You go, you go and get Matt Judon, right? And then you go and get Matt Judon and everyone besides JC Jackson this year was not that great. Hate to say it. Uh, so I don't really, I don't really care what they do as long as they go cornerback or linebacker here. I will have considered this pick a success. Going back to Devin Lloyd is, um, would age be a factor in you drafting him because he is 24 years old coming out of college? I don't really think so. You don't think that matters as a first rounder? That's a man. That, that is, is a man. That is a man. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, linebackers aren't a position that lasts a while. Look at Luke Keekley, who was a generational talent, retired in his early 30s. No, he retired like, when he was 29. Yeah. So not even. Yeah. That's a good 29. Point. So in that logic, say if Lloyd becomes this talent, which again, you know, the draft's a crapshoot, but you get five years out of them. It's either five yeah. years out of like a really good talent or two years of a really good cornerback. And then, you know, he goes True. out and gets paid, get the bag from somewhere else, you know, that is also, you can look at that. it either way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, it would be great if they addressed one of those two in the first round victory for us, I think mm -hmm. victory for, and I say us not as the Patriots for Jack and I on the call here, because <laughs> I don't like saying we about a team. So, so for us as fans, it's a victory. I will, I will say it is interesting how there's five possible first round linebackers and none of them have come off the board yet. So I know mm -hmm. maybe that changes with the Packers. They don't really need one. They just inked Devondre Campbell, but Tondo, who do you have the Packers taking here at 22? Yeah, I think the only position and it kind of depends on the rest of this draft. I mean, based off this one, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a wide receiver and I'm going to take Dotson over Pickens Dotson out of Penn state. Um, yeah. I, I would have loved if the Packers could grab, you know, one of the Ohio State guys, but they're going to go quick. So give me, give me Dotson. But I, either way, it has to be a wide receiver here. Mm -hmm. I agree there. I mean, besides Dotson and Pickens, there's maybe Christian Watson is one of the other names that could be there. If Mechie didn't tear his ACL, uh, that could have been another option there as well. But I think those are the only two clear-cut options at receiver there, and Dotson's a fine pick. I think it's a good outside and a guy who could play inside as a threat as well. I think NFL.com put it really well. They identified correctly that it's been 20 years since the Packers have drafted a receiver in round one here. So they might not go that way if we're looking at just history, but I mean – this is a glaring need for the first time in these 20 years, the Packers finally have that glaring need of, Oh my God, what do we need to do? Matt LaFleur says it all the time. He says, we need to take the top off the defense, 
right now, you can't do that with Marquez Valdez Scantling and 45-year-old Mercedes Lewis if he's still there, right? It feels like he just continues to come back. Um, is he retired yet? No, he's on the so. roster. Although MVS is on the Chiefs. Oh, MVS did go. They yeah. did get but Sammy still, Watkins, so, though. Sammy Watkins yeah. is the guy. That is true. I don't think Watkins can – if he's the guy there, they can't run the offense they want to. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. A guy like Dotson, for me, um, he helps. I'm not saying he's the fix, but he helps. Anyone agree, disagree? No, I agree. I think it would be interesting to see with how many receivers we had going off the board relatively early and back-to-back. If that does start to happen, will the Packers try and trade up potentially with the two end of the first-round picks or with some later picks as well? Awesome. All right, so we're into the last 10 picks here. Zimmer, Cardinals, make me happy. Who do they take here? (laughs) Cardinals are – just so awkward right they have a weird (laughs) amount of roster holes it's like it's very weird um so you know there's a few thoughts uh, that i have you know they could have went quarterback they could have went edge rusher right you know you bolster the pass defense up a little bit but i don't know i i think i'm gonna take the defensive tackle Devontae wyatt here um okay yeah so they they've got a a bunch of needs as we mentioned right but i I think i sound really like a, a I swear I know what I'm talking about, but guys that make an immediate impact, that's like my, my number one criteria for this draft. And I think, you know, Labe, you know this very well. Cardinals switch out their defensive linemen on like every single snap, right? They put a whole new set in. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that I could see taking over 50% of the snaps um, he's allotted in year one. So uh, like the way this kid plays, I think he could be, a nice fit for them here. So give me the senior defensive lineman from Georgia. He's another man, like 6'3", 307 pounds. Big dude, can clog up some run holes. Um, I'm game for Wyatt here. Yeah, I, I think if Jordan Davis in this isn't in this draft, we're talking about Wyatt as a top 15, and don't let him slip past 15. Um, he is, tech, like, technical-wise, using his hands, using leverage, he is better than Jordan Davis. It's just Jordan Davis has a higher ceiling. And that's why teams are taking him. So I don't hate the Wyatt pick whatsoever. I think it definitely fills the need. And like you said, we're, we're awkward. We need interior line. We need an edge rusher. We need corners. We need receivers, even though we just brought back AJ green, but it's AJ green. So bye-bye. Um, you know, me personally, I probably would have gone Pickens there, but I also value Pickens so much higher than anyone else. I know. Um, but Devonte Wyatt, if that's the pick, I'm completely happy with it. Right. So, Anyone else? Cardinals? No, I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So I'm I'm in a weird spot because I think the Cowboys need O-line, and I also think they need an edge rusher because Micah Parsons a part-time pass rusher on the edge, and I think they want to use him the same way because that defense played so much better when they could either play him off ball or on ball. They still have Demarcus Lawrence. He's getting up there in age. And they brought in Dante Fowler, who has not lived up to expectations. I'm going to go George Karlaftis here, the Greek edge rusher out of Purdue. Um, Very good pass rusher. Just needs to work on the run game a little bit. But that's exactly what you want him in Dallas for. He can learn from Demarcus Lawrence. He can beef up inside if you want him to. He's 6'4", 275. I would like to see them go line here, but if Carl Aftis is there at 24, he's got to be the pick. And that name honestly looks sick on a white Cowboys jersey. If you can think about that. to say, he looks like a guy that would just do really well in Dallas. Yeah. And, and, and a name is... like, oh man, can you just picture Joe Buck like calling a, calling a Cowboys game going, oh, and Carl Aftis makes the tackle and forces <laughs> fourth down. Why was that so spot on? That's hilarious. I love that. So, um, I could see them going Linderbaum there. And if Tyler Smith's there or another offensive tackles there, I could see them going that way too, because they did lose Collins in free agency. I think Steele's fine as a bridge tackle for the next year, but with Carl Aftis there, you got to go with the best guy on the board. And at this point, he is the best guy on the board. So Jack bills, who do you got? All right, so Peter Kiss off the board officially. Um, no, I'm, just fu- I'm just fucking around. 
Um, Bills could go in a few directions here. I've seen running back. I've seen cornerback. I think they're going to go safety, though. I think they're going to go Lewis Seen, right? It's Seen. That's how you pronounce it, right? Or Seen, either way. They're Seen, yeah. So I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go safety because you got Jordan Poyer and you got Micah Hyde, two older guys, um, you know, experienced guys, very, you know, good defensive players. But, um, you know, in terms of what the Bills need, we saw that shootout with the Chiefs last year. Obviously, the Dolphins beefed up their offense. I don't know if Tua can throw the ball as far as where the safety stand, but you never know. Um, and just in terms of what they need, you got, like I said, the two aging guys at safety. I think Hill, I mean, he had a great year with Georgia. Um, obviously, ultimately helped them get to that uh, national championship game. Um, he was an All-American second team, SEC, all or all SEC team. So um, I think he had two or three picks this year as well. So I think he'd be a solid addition to the Bills. Sweet. I, I don't disagree with that safety pick whatsoever. I think DB is the way to go. Um, Poyer coming off, he was personally my, I thought he was the best safety in the NFL this year. And Micah Hyde was up there as well. That played really solid, but obviously getting younger is important. And Cine there is a solid pick or scene, however you say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else thoughts? Think Bills could go running back here instead? Uh, I think they could, uh, they would be happy here with either Cine, Cine or uh, Daxon Hill. Mm. be a great pick there as well i like dax yeah. a lot solid jack yeah, Titans. what you want to uh, go zimmer no that's I've, i was expressing my agreement there that's really gotcha. all the haitian american goes to yes. buffalo he's a, yeah. I th- he must be one of the only haitian uh haitian american dudes in recent history in this draft but we don't fact check me on or I please won't. fact check me on that <laughs> Um, and then yeah, 26. So we got the Titans two directions, Mike Vrabel, personal connections here for both. There's Zion Johnson from Boston college. His roommate actually was Mike Vrabel's son. And then we got Desmond Ritter as well, who I think could be a potential pick here. I'm gonna go in the direction of Zion Johnson, just since he slipped. Um, obviously I'm a big Boston college guy as well. So I would love to see him get taken in the first round to a, to a pretty good team, but um, we've talked about him a couple of times. He's versatile. He did play one game this year at tackle, played most of his uh, games at guard, though, obviously, as well. Um, two time captain of Boston College has been there, was an, um, was nominated for multiple awards for O-linemen this year and just, you know, helps that BC run game. That's what their, their strength is on. Not that they're the best team in the ACC by any means, um, but definitely, I think, is a first round pick. And with all the, again, O-linemen off the board, I think he's one of the better interior O-linemen in this entire draft. Don't disagree with that. I think Zion is besides Tyler Linderbaum is arguably the best interior lineman in this draft. Yeah. So like the Zion Johnson pick there surprise. He fell this far, but Titans make the right choice there. Anyone else? Yeah. Bernard, uh, Bernard Raymond, central Michigan. Um, who else could it Kenyon green, I think would have been decent options, but you know, I, I think Zion Johnson's gotta be your guy here. Uh, the, that simple, I think, for reasons that were already mentioned. Best interior lineman in the draft. Definitely. Awesome. Me with the Buccaneers, the fact this guy slipped this far, yes, he's a center, but I think they can move him to guard. Um, they're missing that one interior offensive lineman piece with Alex Kappa leaving um, and with Ali Marpet retiring. I think they got to go line here. It's really the only need they have. Tyler Linderbaum has got to be the pick for the Buccaneers. And here's the better part about it is that once Ryan Jensen retires in the next two or three years, he can move back to center, whether Brady's the QB or not, go back to his natural position. You seal up there and then guess what? You need another left guard. You can draft someone there later rather than finding a center, which is kind of rare to find a true center in a draft as good as Tyler Linderbaum. I'm with you. That was a, a monster year he had. Um, I mean, he's uh, – I'm trying to pull up his stats and they won't pull up, but, I mean, it, it was uh, – it, it's grown abundantly clear. I said it a bit previously. He is the best center um, on the board in 2022. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Anyone else thoughts? Yeah, uh, similar to what I said with Jordan Davis, I feel like since the beginning of time you've seen the Linderbaum – Cincinnati Bengals marriage that we all just kind of assume is inevitably going to happen. But yeah, again, a 
Fort Falls is way to be interesting to see how that packs uh, what Cincinnati does. For sure. And I'm not just saying that because I have Cincinnati in a couple of picks, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see who the Buccaneers actually end up taking there if Linderbaum's not available. But at that spot, I think that's a good pick. Five picks left. Let's roll right through them. Uh, Tondo, unfortunately, had the drop, so he sent me his picks. I'll be making his picks for the Chiefs and Lions later on. But Zimmer, Packers, lightning round, who do you got them taking? Devin Lloyd here. You know, they've got their rotational players at linebacker, or their starters, I should say. But Lloyd's one of those guys that if he's here, he can get a good opportunity to succeed. Uh, I take Devin Lloyd. I know we're ripping through these last couple just in the interest of time. So give me Lloyd. Love the pick here at 28. Awesome. Love to see that. Tondo. He said if George Pickens is available, the Chiefs will take him, and that's exactly who we're going to give the Chiefs here. Going to go George Pickens. I've obviously talked about him more than I can talk about him anymore, but raw talent-wise, could be the best receiver out of this draft, and he fits perfect with Patrick Mahomes. All right, Chiefs at number 30. Uh, I was debating this for a little while. I was kind of hoping Tundo wouldn't go George Pickens. I was going to throw you guys a curveball and take Sky Moore here. But I'm actually going to go with Logan Hall, defensive lineman from Houston. He's been shooting up draft boards a lot recently. Just a big body to stuff up front. I like him a lot. Compliments uh, Chandler Jones very well. Just think he's a good fit there. Love that pick there. Anyone else? No, that's great. Ah, I think that's a great pick. James yeah, then with the Bengals. Yeah, with the Bengals, uh, I'm going to go Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green, I has you know fact check me on this. Quote me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, he's been rumored to say like he's okay with necessarily, you know, changing from guard to either tackle or center. Uh, center's a glaring need for the Bengals. Billy Price was not the answer, clearly. Um, so, yeah, if they transition to the center, I, I think that's a perfect fit for them. Love that. With the last pick, Tondo said he's going to go David Ajabo there. The two teammates, Aiden Hutchinson and Ajabo, reunite with the Lions in Michigan. That's actually a really good pick if he ends up being there and there's not really that much receiver talent there. But that's going to round out our draft starting with Trayvon Walker and ending with David Ajabo, edge rusher to edge rusher. Only one QB taken the entire first round, which is crazy to see. Much different than any mock I've done. Um, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, Jay, uh, Zimmer and James, thank you guys so much for hopping on with us. Yeah, thank you guys. Really of course, yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, James and Zimmer both kind of, you know, meshed together for this idea of doing round robin and the snake style. So appreciate both of you for coming up with this idea. Def made it interesting for a lot of different picks we had, but any last words from either of you? Um, I'll just say that's a total pleasure. Uh, Clubfoot Jim sort of uh, came to us with this idea a bit back and um, you know, no better, no better combination of forces than we did here, fellas. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of, knowledge in these brains uh we may have surprised how much we do know about the sport but um you know we're uh, this was this was fun yeah really excited for tomorrow hopefully we can uh you know keep this going for years to come and uh had a great time and you know thanks for having us on guys jack you got anything bud real quick james i don't know if you're a basketball guy jake i know you're just a big sports guy like me in general what's your nba finals matchup and who you got winning it real quick um you know I started off with the Bucks and Suns rematch, but now I'm all about the Suns and the Celtics. That's my pick. That's been my yeah. pick since February. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, Celtics... I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. Suns seize. It. Keep it Let's simple. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I think I think the Suns win though. Ooh. It would be a tough series. I, <laughs> I it would be a tough series for me to watch. But Suns uh, win that one in six. Six. Yeah, I could agree with that. I don't know the, the Celtics. I think going to throw it out here now because I don't know the next time we're recording Jordan. Buck Celtics, winner of that, wins the NBA championship. I think that is the NBA finals matchup right there. Okay. Second round. All right. Heard it here first. Yep. With that being said, thank you guys so much for hopping on. Enjoy the draft tonight because this episode is going to be posted on Thursday. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully our picks are right. Jack, I'm bringing back a blast from the past. Get Rod on the pod. Let's do it.